Welcome to Two Therapists Talking. The hope for this podcast is to talk about important issues related to couples and individuals who are struggling in their lives with many different issues. I'm David Thompson, a marriage and family therapist. And I'm Sherry Christensen, marriage and family therapist. Please join us as we explore these issues together, and we hope you will learn and be enlightened along the way. Come find us at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast. Hi, welcome back to Two Therapists Talking. I'm Sherry. And I'm David. And we are continuing to talk about addiction, what it is, how it works. And again, this is on a continuum. So that includes compulsion. That includes all of the things that uh, lead up to that space. So if you're thinking, oh, not addiction in my life, whatever, this still is going to apply. Right. And if you go back and listen to our last episode, you'll connect with some of those concepts and it'll make sense. I love David's food analogy and applying it to um, these kinds of concepts to food because it helps us to kind of understand. Yeah. Again, still with food, we're not going to get nearly the levels of dopamine dumped in the brain as we're going to get from pornography, sexual addiction, uh, masturbation, those types of things. And, and one of the hard parts about all this is really something like pornography doesn't have to be more personal than like a food addiction because mm-hmm. this was around long before you met your spouse and your partner. Yes. But it's really hard not to take it personally, obviously, because of what they're looking at. Right. But we would not want you to feel any more personal about it than your partner is overweight and they're trying to lose weight and you come out and they're eating chocolate cake. It really ought to be in time, and these are you know important concepts, but mm-hmm. hey, this is hurting you, and it's keeping you from where you want to be, and I know this isn't about me. You, you yes. sitting there feeling depressed, eating chocolate cake isn't about me. This is about how you've learned to cope and how you've struggled, and not that you're going to get there completely, but it's, it's important, I think, to consider it like that. Because if we make it internalized and it's all about us, now we're not going to be very helpful in this recovery process. Um, We're going to have our own challenges and issues with this. But I'm speaking of pornography and masturbation. As an actual addiction. As an actual addiction and separate from an affair, Mm -hmm. which is another concept where because somebody has an affair doesn't actually necessarily mean that they are a sex addict or a sexual addict. Those can be separate too. So there's a lot of nuances here, but in terms right. of addiction, yes, I think that can be an help, a helpful consideration is why are they, they doing this? Why has the brain set this up to be so powerful for them? Mm-hmm. And what is it doing for them? Yeah. And, and I just want to put a little validation out there for, the reason why that that feels so personal is we're talking about a something that is chemicals that are produced and all of that that is really the most connected you could be to someone, right? Right. And so it is it does feel personal because it's something that just the two of you should be sharing. Right. Right? Because of the connected nature. And so it does feel personal when someone wants to connect with something at that level that isn't you. Right. So that's the that understanding. That they have been connecting with since they were 
Right. 10, 11, and that's 12. that's the other side of it. Which is why it is a connection issue, which is important yes. to put together. Yes. So what David's saying is, is accurate in terms of like, here's the addiction and here we, you know, we've got this thing and we need to see this as addiction. We need to see this as this coping mechanism that isn't useful, but that they've developed a long time ago. And it is a way to try to get enough dopamine in their brain. It is a way to try to feel okay about life and have those things right. happen. While at the same time, understanding that you as a spouse, um, are going to have some struggles with that. Right. Because we're talking about, and it is related to this extremely connected, very intimate uh, space. Perspectives matter, right? And having that perspective of what this is and what this is not can definitely make a difference. And it doesn't mean you're just not going to have any personal feelings about it when it happens. No, not at all. But helpful to know where it's coming from and how much of this is actually about you and how much of it is about them. Right. It's kind of like the uh, phrase in the SNN program that talks about um, the importance of recognizing you didn't cause it, you can't cure it. You know, it's this is a separate entity from you, right. although the effects are very much yes. a part of your life. Yes. And we probably used this phrase before, I can't recall. So, certified sexual addictions therapist. Um, so we go through a lot of training around sexual addiction. And one of the most important things I learned was Dr. Patrick Carnes talks about how sexual addiction is not what you're running to. It's what you're running from. So it's yes. not what we want to feel often as much as what we don't want to feel. And yes. what the addiction does is says, hey, I will help you escape uh, rejection, abandonment, ultimately feeling alone. Mm-hmm. that's what I will help you to do, which you see is awfully compelling. We just, mm-hmm. all of us have ways that we do that. Guys tend, because of how we're hardwired, to lean in this direction versus maybe a different direction. But either way, understanding that it's a need to feel better more than a need just to feel good, I think can be a really important concept in this. Yes. And I like, you know, what... I'm going to build a little bit off of what you just said, David, with this hardwired thing, because I think that concept sometimes feels triggering for women. But really, when we're looking at, he's like, I know sometimes I say the things, Um, (laughs) but, but this isn't, this isn't inaccurate, right? When you look at women's porn versus men's porn, you know, (laughs) you're looking at relationship difference, right? right? So one of the concepts we want to talk about today that's a really big concept to understand is that addiction, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection. Um, addiction is a connection disorder. And so when you look at the concepts of like men and women's porn, um, typically what you're going to find is in women's porn, it's related to relationship. Right. It's a very relational porn, which is the same thing. It's just the the mechanism by which it's most common for men to approach it versus women. So right. we're still looking for the connection disorder. And if you are still struggling a little bit with that, go back and listen to our podcast where we talk about sex. We talk about the differences in men and women and all of that. Because we're, we talk about that a lot more there, yep. um, where men are going to the sexual experience in order to feel the connection, and women tend to 
or look for the connection in order to get to the sexual experience. Right. If that makes sense. So if it doesn't, run back there, listen to those. But that's one of the things I just wanted to pull up and just emphasize that it's the same thing. It's this connected space that we're looking for. Yep. So as we're talking about connection, right, that's often what we're looking for and trying to find it in some of these unuseful spaces, I guess is the best way to say yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, another thing that I think is important in this process, understanding addiction, it seems like it's about 90%, well, there's two groups. There's the group where most of their addiction comes from this need to connect. Mm-hmm. And either, you know, the way they were raised, abuse or neglect or adoption or divorce, parents were not available or mental health issues, mental health issues. There just Mm -hmm. was not good caregiving. Um, The addiction was a way to escape. And sometimes that's when they come in and say, Hey, childhood trauma, this is contributing. We need to work through this and figure it out. But there's also another group in case you're listening to this and say, well, that's not really my experience. So what's the addiction about? There's also another group where it's just really compelling And there are a lot of individuals who feel that they were just more sexual forever. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they had early sexual experiences that sort of set a sexual template for them. Mm -hmm. But often they haven't. They just have always been very curious and it was very compelling. And they don't have these big, you know, major connection, disconnection issues. And so it tends to be, in my experience, a blend of both. And you have to ask questions and get history to try to figure out, is this more just, I've always been compelled to this stuff. And since I reinforced it a million times with porn, now it's an issue in my life. Or is it more on the other end of like, I've just never felt a part of anything. I've never felt wanted or accepted. And that's mostly what is behind this. And so important to understand that there's different approaches to this. One size does not fit all. And that's why it can be really helpful to talk to someone and see, is this more just a compulsion sort of addiction where I just have always been drawn to it, but I don't have any major lack in my life in terms of relationships or love? Or is it like I have never felt some of these things? And that matters in the approach that we would take Mm -hmm. to try to figure it out together. And also is, and I would say, where are you going to find someone who's never had a lack in their life? (laughs) (laughs) So... So I think there's also a, a spectrum of both, right? You know, it's definitely both. both. It's interesting because some it's very much one more than another. Yeah. And the approach is very different. That's yeah. why you might say, well, you need to go do 12 step or you need to do this or you need to do that. And that doesn't resonate for, for everyone. I'm not talking. I just don't want to give it up. It doesn't resonate. I mean, like, really, I'm trying and it just doesn't seem to stick because right. it may not be actually what this is about for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what I meant, two groups, right? Where it's 90% a lack of connection yeah, um, yes. or, or loving caregiving. Mm-hmm. And there's another group where it's 90% curiosity and interest. And they've or always 10%. been 10% or 90%, right? So oh, oh, 90%. It's either mostly their... this childhood lack or right. mostly um, just a curious, I've always felt this way and I'm actually pretty good in other things and have good relationships and healthy relationships, which I've seen a lot of. So, mm-hmm. and everything in between, right? It's not a perfect, yes. it's a scale and a spectrum, but 
And certainly the more that you are exposing yourself to that, the more that the body then is going to use that as a uh, mechanism to, to right. help you, right? So right. And even one if can start you to, were right, right. just like, oh, I'm just more curious about this. Right. But now when you're getting all these dopamine dumps, one of the things that, that I talk about with clients is this concept of being on autopilot. Like if you've, um, if you've ever tried to drive somewhere and then realize as you've gotten distracted by something else that you're actually driving home or you're driving somewhere that you would normally drive down that road. Um, and that resonates with, with addicts sometimes as they're, you know, saying sometimes people come in and they're like, I, I, I relapsed and I just found myself here and I don't even know how I got here. Right. And we talk about these dopamine, uh, dumps and the brain being wanting to be efficient, uh, to get you to that good place. You really can start to get this, this cycle that we were talking about going really where it's, you're kind of running on autopilot. Like you'll have something that's negative, uh, happen. You got cut off in traffic. You got in a fight with your spouse or something like that. And you've got the brain goes, Hey, I got you. I know what to do to fix this. You know, I've got you covered. It's like that character in Holes, if you've ever seen the movie Holes, who the school teacher has things happen with the school from time to time, and he always shows up and says, I can fix this. <laughs> right? It's a yes. lot like that. I use that analogy a lot. The addiction shows I up and that. says, I can fix this. Yes. I got this. I it's got like, this. Hey, I know you got this, but I don't like everything else you bring with Right, it. right. Yes, exactly. So it'll just kind of put you on this autopilot where you can go do the rest of your day and you've got, you know, I talk about it kind of like a computer program running in the background all the time. Yeah. You know, that's like, okay, I'm just going to look for an in, I'll look for an opportunity as you're going through your day and then we'll get you taken care of. So even if you are in that place where you are that healthy individual and you have kind of worked through your stuff and uh, or haven't had a lot of other things going on that are going to lead you to that, you know, we all have times that we don't feel great or, you know, things aren't super happy. And if you have that that you've fed for a mm-hmm. while, then your brain is going it's to... very hard to do something else. Yes. Give, just keep that computer program running. So I've seen just from experience that there are a lot of individuals who were very healthy, good mm-hmm. families, connected well, but they had an interest and a curiosity and they started into that. Or usually what happens is they are exposed to it. It's not even something that they think to find or go looking for, but they're exposed right. to it kind of against their will. They find a magazine or somebody says, look at this. Right. And yeah. it's compelling. It's very compelling stuff. Right. And they have a sense of like, okay, this is wrong, but they pursue it and it's easy to pursue now. Yes. And then they're off to the races because of the chemical reaction in the brain and the amount of dopamine that gets released. And probably, I would not be surprised if we ever did a study and found that, um, especially for guys, their first experience with pornography was probably like the dopamine highlight of their life. I'm oh, serious about that. Not not all the other chemicals where it's like a feel-good sort of like, I don't know, you know, mom mm-hmm. reading you bedtime stories. That feels really good too. But this stuff is different. Yeah. It's, it's very powerful. And everyone can remember the first time they saw porn. 
I mean, it's like a traumatic experience. That's how much it registered on the brain. That's how big it was. Yeah. And then their brain says, hey, absolutely, I want to do this again. Mm-hmm. And so then it becomes kind of a, a force of its own, even when they weren't feeling any holes in like feeling wanted or needed or feeling alone or rejection, it just becomes a force of its own. But it yeah. does tend to speak loudest when you are stressed or overwhelmed or something happened that was negative. So right. all of this is important to understand in this process because we take different approaches one more than the other. Yeah. And I like what you said with that it, you know, you can be the healthiest person in the world, but you know, if you put all of these things together and, and yes, men's brains and women's brains work differently. I mean, the more research that they do on it, the more that they are seeing that men's and women's brains and bodies and everything work extremely differently. We're much more different than we are the same. And we keep finding more ways that, you know, brains and bodies and all of that chemicals and everything work very differently between men and women. So, you know, when we're saying that this is, you know, more, more typical of men, they're going to hit, they get different chemical releases at different levels than women tend to, right? I mean, it has to be that way or women would probably want sex more. That's yes, that's true. But that, and that's the reason why, right. Is because it's a different system. It's a different setup. And so understanding that if men are having this experience, right. And they're, they're seeing that. And then it's like, you can see more so easily. Right. It's so easy to find it. And then you start adding the extra chemicals from masturbation. I mean that it's just this cycle vicious cycle. And certainly women can and do often get into this pattern. Um, and it's, it's, it's a little different and also we're going to run into the same issues, but, but I do, I do like what you're saying that you can have that really healthy space in your life and still get very quickly sucked into this space because of how it works. And we're going and you're, you're getting the, the thousand level, dump of dopamine instead of the 20 or 30. And, and what does that do then? Then the brain starts to go every time to that issue. Right. It's like, I'm not piddling around with 20. <laughs> We're going to hit a thousand. Like I'm going right. to be efficient and you're going to feel amazing, right? You're going to have the, all these great chemicals flowing through your brain, right? And so it starts to do that over and over and over again. And you start pruning all of the other options. So instead of having this list of all these wonderful things that you can do that are going to help and feel great, you, you start losing all of those and your brain goes to one place and you go from, you know, beating your way through a jungle to having like a six lane highway with all on ramps and no off ramps. (laughs) Right. So when we're looking at this, these are just important concepts to understand. Right. I think as we're Next time, I think we're going to talk about the emotional effects of addiction and really get into that. So again, stay tuned. Uh, this is definitely going to be a number of of episodes that I just I can't believe we haven't done this yet. I know this should come earlier, no doubt. <laughs> but hey, here we're we are. doing the best we can with what we have. All right, right? <laughs> have some compassion. <laughs> so we'll we'll enjoy connecting with you and continue to connect with you on this issue, and come back next time. See you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to Two Therapists Talking. 
We look forward to sharing more conversations with you. Connect with us at twotherapisttalking.com or email podcast at twotherapisttalking.com. If you like what you're hearing, please get on and rate us and subscribe to the podcast.